0: Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more.
1: It's a warm hearty welcome to you, our listener out there. This is yet another technical discussion in which we are going to discuss today in this episode domestic solar water heating sizing and as usual for these technical discussions i have with me mr richard bailey richard a warm welcome to you and thanks for joining me again today
2: hey willem thanks very much for having me again um and yes uh, as usual it's only a pleasure and it's something that uh, i really do enjoy doing so yeah thank you
1: before we head into our conversation and before i fire away with all of the other questions uh let's hop into an ad break just quickly.
0: Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Don't forget to download the all new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users.
1: Welcome back to our listeners. Listen Richard, so today we're talking about domestic solar water heating and specifically the sizing thereof. And just before we started recording off air, I asked you whether we're referring to the capacity of uh, this, you know, of the solar water heater.
2: Of of the tank. That's right, and and yeah. essentially that's what we're talking about. Um, uh, although you know, when once you start to change and uh, uh, manipulate the size of one component, or the, i.e. the tank, the rest of the system needs to change as well. So it's the sizing of the system, which is the terminology we use. But essentially, mm-hmm. we're talking about the the capacity of the of the storage tank and the storage vessel. Yeah. Uh, you might remember a couple of um, podcasts ago, or depending on which ones you listen to first, there is a podcast out there which spoke very broadly about solar system design. And I think we might have mentioned sizing as one of the factors. But, um, you know, it's such, a, it's such a critical thing, and I'm hoping to shed some light on it today.
1: Okay yeah the re- the fact is that that you you specifically chose to discuss this as a separate topic or a separate a separate subject in its own podcast and i assume that you know that there are factors beyond the obvious that would decide on the sizing of a solar water heater is that correct
2: Yeah absolutely uh, and i mean what are the obvious ones the obvious one is uh, the homeowner uh Mr Jones or 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 Mr Mr. John saying to you, look, I don't want that size geezer. This is the size geezer I want, and that's what I want. And, and so beyond that, there are other factors that come into it. And unfortunately, a lot of the time people don't quite grasp the importance of, um, of sizing it correctly and the effect that it has on the performance of the system as a whole. So I can quite safely say that it is definitely one of the most neglected uh, requirements when it comes to the design of a solar water heater, and and unfortunately, it it and as as we go along today, you you'll you'll hopefully discover why it it is so out of sight and out of mind because people don't um don't recognize the importance thereof and the functioning of the geyser itself, the whole system itself is such that you as the homeowner actually don't notice the difference unless it's pointed out to you, which I'm hoping to cover. So yeah, if, if stay, and, and and the key thing here is that standards require it. And, and we'll, we'll unpack that. And, and, and why do the standards require it? And, and what the requirements are, we'll unpack. But it is so overlooked and neglected. And of course, why, another factor to do with that is the cost of upsizing your system. I mean, Mm. nobody wants to pay 40 grand for a solar system rather than 20 grand. I mean, if I'm building a house, I'd rather pay 20 grand and uh, and get it over and done with. But then, unfortunately, you're shortchanging yourself. But we'll get into that, you know.
1: So, what what is the difference? What difference does it make? If I decide to only have a small solar geyser, that's up to me as a homeowner, surely. I mean, it's, I mean, uh, yes, I I heard you, in in in, in you know uh, when you said that the plumber is supposed to explain these other factors that that also contribute and that that are in many instances overlooked and and not discussed. Um, but I mean, what difference does it make? What 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 is the importance of having it the correct size?
2: Well, it all. So, so we need to decide whether or not we want to stick with the requirements of the standards. Now, in 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 the energy conservation or energy conservation, one of them, the standard for, with regards to building envelopes, what they call the building envelope, one of those little things that they got in there, it's ten four hundred XA SANS ten four hundred XA. They they talk about uh, hot water generation, and the the requirement is that at least fifty percent of your annual hot water requirements by volume, by by liters. So your annual requirement by volume, at least 50% of that, must be taken care of by alternative means. And this is in a drive to try and minimize the... um, The cost of uh, hot water generation by means of electricity or conventional elements, because we all know that that's quite a costly thing. And it's one of the biggest electricity consumers in the in the household. So in a drive to to, to control that, they say half of your annual hot water requirements must be taken care of by alternative means, whether that's solar, perhaps heat pump, gas, whatever it is. In this case, we're talking about solar now. okay, fine. The, 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 the average sort of um, consumer out there will look at a solar system and they'll say, okay, well, no matter what size it is, if I put a solar geyser on my roof and I use water from that solar geyser, I'm, I'm fulfilling that requirement. But th- this is actually where the whole sort of understanding starts to break down. If you understand how a solar system works, if I could put it to you this way, if I have a... Normal 100 liter geyser, electrically heated geyser, conventional geyser, and I have a solar system also of 100 liter capacity right next to it. You will recognize, or not recognize, wrong word, you will realize the same amount of hot water from both of those systems, no matter what you do in terms of um, usage patterns. So one will not give you more than the other. The The difference is that an electrically heated geyser, and there's there's a couple of other factors as well in terms of the design of the geyser that makes a difference. But to put it in a nutshell, an electrically heated geyser is able to heat itself up three to four to five times even a day with electricity. It can heat itself up over and over and over again. So from a 100 liter geyser, you could probably get at least 500 liters of hot water usage per day. If yeah. you allow it to continuously work. D-
1: despite the fact right? that it may only be a 150-liter tank, it can supply Correct. you with 500 liters of hot water because you know, it fills itself up and it heats itself again, as you explain.
2: 100%. So so, so, uh, so the a homeowner will say, man, my last house, we had a three or four-bedroom house. We lived there. We had a 150-liter geyser. We never had a problem. Now you say to me, I need a three or 400-liter storage capacity solar here. Why? That's ridiculous. So, Willem, if you want to satisfy the requirement of the standards, which is to say that half of your annual hot water requirements must be taken care of by alternative means, then you need to look at the specific performance of a solar system, because now you've chosen solar. So let's look at solar. So a solar consists of a collector and the, a storage tank, but it also has a an immersion element, a conventional electrical element in that geyser. So for all intents and purposes, you can have a small volume solar system on your roof, use five or 600 liters of uh, hot water through it in a, on a daily basis and not know any difference. You will have hot water. It will be all good and hunky-dory. The fact is that um, 80% of that water or 90% of that water is electrically heated. So you have not satisfied those requirements, even In though other you, words, as a home- without, yeah,
1: yeah, without the homeowner, without the actual, you know, the consumer being aware of it,
2: not at all, not even aware, got got no idea, and and thinks th- and they think that they're doing everything right because there's a solar system and it's working and it's giving them hot water. It must work, right? Because I'm getting hot water. The fact is that it's it's not big enough. So a solar system with it, your collector and your tank on a on a with a good installation on a good day will probably give you one heating cycle one so if the if you have a 150 liter geyser you will have you will realize 120 odd liters of of your of your daily hot water will be uh, um, heated, heated by, by means by of sun. By solar that's right and yeah. the rest of it is uh, done electrically so the this PORB is the
1: master plumber recognition program has officially arrived as an essential service to society there must be constant growth and development within this important and ever-changing industry developed by the PORB the master plumber recognition program has launched as a new PORB designation allowing industry champions to take the lead Skilled and experienced plumbers, equipped to take the leap, enroll today to start your journey in becoming a recognized PIRB Master Plumber. Richard, can I just ask? I just want to get clarity as a layperson. Is it somebody who's not a plumber and not a solar installer? Um, is that because it takes longer for it to get heated by by solar? Is it? Is it? And 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 electrical heating is does it happen quicker? And that is why. Let's say you drain the whole so so it, it it heats up with the sun, it heats up with solar the 120 liters or 150 liters you use that in other words now it's uh, that hot water that was heated by solar specifically solar you drain that at once uh, everybody takes a quick shower and, 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 and well, you, you know you wash your uh, the the dishes and whatever so 150 is gone. Now at the of the you know the tank itself fills up again, and now it needs to get heated again before you do whatever else with the, you know whatever mm, mm. whatever yeah. other hot water you use. Now, now it needs to heat again, and it, it, does it take longer with the solar? And that's why the electrical uh, element then kicks in to yeah. to sort of supplement for that time.
2: Look, remember you've got a fundamental. Um, uh, um, uh, one of the fundamental um, ways in which a pressure cylinder works, you've got it wrong. Uh, the, tank, the tank doesn't empty. Um, the, 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 the only the, the, the water that you realize from the hot water tap is as a result of the pressure of the incoming water. So as you open a hot water tap, you've got pressure coming from the cold supply, which is displacing the hot water in the tank and forcing it out the tap. So you're not draining the tank per se. It's never empty. It's never got air in it. It's always full. So there's always a bit of a flux between, there's a bit of a balance between electrically heated and solar heated water. The fact is that on a solar system, you want to give it the best chance possible to do its maximum amount of work. So you switch off the electricity for the first half of the day. Right And allow that solar to do its job, or you switch the electricity off for the full day and only switch it on later in the afternoon and that's the function of the timer and the timer settings and so on, so you allow the the geezer to to do its thing solar so in in terms of solar, and then the electricity comes on to supplement that uh, when you start your ablutions and you've got three showers going and so on and that that then supplements it uh, electrically remember the. I mean, you could, there's nothing stopping you from going to buy 10 panels and putting it onto one geyser. Yes, it'll heat it in you know, 15 minutes, but <laughs> you, better, you better use it every 15 minutes because otherwise you're going to have an exploding bomb on your roof <laughs> because you've got, you can't put too much heat in there. So the size of the collector versus the tank is closely and carefully matched. You can't upsize it. You, tr- you can't just put too much uh, panels on there because it's just going to uh, become dangerous so the 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 fact is that on in any kind of conventional solar system domestic solar water heater you 've got one cycle per day, and this is what you 've got to utilize over and above that you 've got to now you 're talking electrically heated uh, water which if you if it 's undersized you 've got um, you well as i explained earlier you're using 60 70 80 percent electrically heated water so so and there is where that's where the the fraction comes in so if you de- if you decide that you want to fulfill the requirements well then you need to fulfill them if you if you decide well i don't want to fulfill them well then flaunt them it's a, it's up to you but at the moment you know we've got a situation where none of the uh, new buildings are, are adhering to this. N- nobody's really making a noise. and Nobody cares. Uh, and, and nobody's really, um, should we say, um, uh, yeah, n- nobody, yeah, none of the authorities are, 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 are too, too flustered about it. Let's put it that way, unfortunately. All
1: right. So let's talk about it because you did speak about that fraction again. Now, two things uh, at play. Yeah. One, uh, you know, plumbers know their standards. And that they know their plumbing standards for that matter, um, they know the requirements of the plumbing standards that are applicable to plumbing, but do the you know the 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 architects the designers the the engineers the the, the construction engineers do they know that um, that's that's the one question on the one hand and then this the other one is let's go back to that fraction uh, and and determine how did, how do we calculate that fifty percent fraction? Um so it's a, it's a sort of a two and a one question.
2: Well to to answer your first one I should hope so. I should damn well hope so. Um because th- this is you know otherwise we just what are we doing? You know then why why have standards? Let's just burn them all and chuck them away. I mean we either that's what I said to you earlier we need to make a decision are we going to follow the standards or not? You you can't say um yeah yeah i'll follow the speed limit only when it suits me but the rest of the time i won't but then don't, but i'm still above the law you're not you either are or you're not so so make a decision and if you're going to follow it then follow it and if and and if you're going to question the validity or the or the or the, the whatever of the standards you know the, the the standing of the stand fine do so but i mean at the meantime you still got to follow the damn things so as to how to calculate the 50 percent fraction um it's it's quite a it's quite a convoluted story but it's all in the standards and you need to follow a path and there's there's um re- refer, referrals i beg your pardon referrals to other standards and referrals to 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 other parts of a particular standard but it's all there so one thing we need to just bear in mind and understand is that the hot water requirements for a dwelling in other words the 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 storage capacities and the how much hot water a dwelling requires is actually not determined by a homeowner or a developer that is not their job it is determined by the standards the standards tell us what those hot water requirements are going to be within a dwelling in order for us to get to that so we need to get to a liter per liters per capita or, or per day or whatever whatever the Number is that you need to get to. That you need to determine a few other things. First of all, you need to determine what type of building it is. Yes, there are different types of building. A hostel, for example, will have, have different hot water per capita requirements than a, than a low cost housing dwelling versus a, a medium to high cost housing de- uh, dwelling versus a hotel. So you need to d- uh, determine the type of building. And then you need to determine the population of that building. And again, this is determined by the standards not by you or me or the or the developer i'm not gonna i haven't got the right to say i know 20 people are staying here no the standards say if there are x amount of beds in a hostel this is the the story so that's determined the population is determined then the amount of hot water required per person or per capita must be established depending on the type of dwelling. And this is also prescribed by the standards. So you've now got the type of building, the population of that building and the per capita hot water uh, for that type of building. So those are all prescribed. And then there are some other factors that come into that calculation, such as the ambient water temperature in summer and winter conditions, uh, the usage temperature of that water, and the storage temperature of that water amongst others. And This all gets put into uh, a formula, and usually if you've done it properly and you've included all the correct uh, figures, and you do that calculation, (laughs) it's usually quite shocking um, for a homeowner or a developer to see the answer, because it's usually very large storage capacities that are required, much larger than anticipated. And it and this is why people don't visit it because all of a sudden you're you're building a house your budget is X and you've you've you're having to add another fifty thousand rand for your solar water heater, um, which was an un, unforeseen expenditure and and so this is why people kind of sweep it under the rug but th- th- this is so th- and this comes back to the um uh th- to the heart of the question you know when you're buying a property and you're and you, uh, expecting the thing to be hunky-dory, ask yourself the question quite earnestly. You know, we're from a developer slash architect slash engineers, whatever the perspective is, the consumer's uh, best interests at heart. You know, um, what is the purpose of having a properly sized solar system? Well, long term, literally, it's going to cost you very little to heat your hot water if it's undersized. You save a bit at the onset, but you're going to continuously be paying top rates to heat your hot water. Um, so, yeah. so where's the so where's the where's the consumer's best interests there now? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks to be asked when 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 you have uh, an undersized system on a brand new installation and a string of excuses following that, uh, and usually which include, well, the standards are rubbish, the standards don't know what it means, and we know better, and we've done a 100 of them, and so on.
1: All right, Richard. So, so all of this having been taken into account, what sort of sized systems are we talking about for a normal home?
2: Yeah, so to bring it back down to... Just a normal discussion, Willem, <laughs> because you know to talk about formulas and inputs and this and that—it's not really the purpose of podcasts. But um, yeah, so there is a rule of thumb, and it's a conservative rule of thumb um, to make it easier. And and it's a generally accepted, it's an industry accepted rule of thumb whereby if you if you follow this at least as a minimum requirement, you're pretty much there and thereabouts in terms of um, fulfilling the sizing requirements, and that is quite simply 100 liters per bedroom or if 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 you want to put it in a different way 50 liters per person because uh, again in a dwelling house the standards decide for us that there are two people per bedroom that is the population of the home and uh, so it's 100 liters per bedroom so for every bedroom your home has you need 100 liters of solar storage so if it's a three bedroom home 300 liters Two-bedroom home, etc., etc., and that's the and that's the rule of thumb. So 100 liters per bedroom. If you've stuck to that, you you're pretty much you're pretty much golden.
1: Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this.
0: Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and
1: Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Listen, Richard, this is, you know, again, I always repeat and reiterate the fact that as a layperson, I'm not a plumber. I'm not a technician. So I'm not aware. I'm actually the consumer. I'm the customer. I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of all these factors that have to be taken into co- account into consideration when these things are installed. And, and, I really know, you know, we can always say that these podcasts, these technical discussions that we have can can serve twofold, you know, it can serve to inform the consumer of things that they don't know because I'm certainly getting informed, I'm getting educated well on the plumbing things. And uh but it's also to remind the plumbers out there the fact that they are the experts. They are the people who have the knowledge and the know-how and the know why for that matter. Um and 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 yeah you've mentioned the standards um you know we always go back to the standards and and the reason why the standards and the requirements of the standards exist in the first place and that's to ensure not only the health and safety of the consumer but also optimal functionality of the system itself um you know it's, yeah and um the fact is that you know i i really hope that when the plumbers listen to these technical podcasts, they do carry the same value out of it than what I do as a consumer. Because the fact is, you know, you did say that a plumber may think to themselves, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. The standard, I know what I do. The standard doesn't really make sense or whatever the case may be. But just bear in mind, you know, all the factors that was mentioned and explained here in this podcast. At the end of the day, it's your reputation that's on the line as a professional plumber. You go and you provide a solution to a customer at the end of the day if you do it incorrectly because you haven't considered all the factors, you know, it it, it affects your reputation. That the customer is not going to be a repeat customer to you, they're not going to refer you to friends and family and acquaintances. In fact, they're going to say, you know what, I installed this 50,000 rand uh, solar system, but it's not effective. It doesn't save me.
2: Mm, exactly. And I mean, you must understand that that the, that the standards are there for a reason. It's There are reasons behind uh, the requirements of the standards. The standards are not there to cost anybody money or to unfairly, you know, uh, Costs uh, in an inordinate amounts of time, labor, or or money. That's not the point of the standards. The standards are there for a particular reason. Otherwise, we must, like I said, Willem, I'm of the opinion you either toe the line and accept the fact that we need to uh, follow the standards, but otherwise we chuck it out. You can't stand halfway between. Otherwise, chuck them out and let's just all go and do our own thing with half inch polycop piping. Let's let's go and do it. Why not? M- save me a lot of trouble save you a lot of trouble and cost, why not? So if that's the route to go, then let's collectively decide it. <clears throat> Otherwise, let's, let's stick to the standards. And the standards are there for a reason. And the reason for a the solar system properly sized is to, um, yes, it's a legislative thing to, 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 to limit the amount of electricity used for, so, for, for water heating across the country. But think of it benefits to the consumer at the long run. How can it not? How can it not be beneficial? So you know what I'm saying. So it's not there to nail anybody or to cost you extra money. It's not. It's there for a reason.
1: Richard, uh, I want to thank you again for having shared this awesome information with us, having educated me. <laughs> and then uh, you know, lastly, I definitely wanted to thank our listeners, whether they be consumers and or whether they be plumbers. Um, thanks for your time and your effort and having tuned in and listened to this episode. We will definitely chat to you again soon.
0: Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.